Welcome to Lessons from a Podcaster, a show where we interview podcasters from all around the world and ask them to share their tips, insights, stories, and everything you need to know to grow your own podcast. This show is brought to you by PodSqueeze, the essential tool for any podcaster that wants to take their show to the next level. Let's get started with our host, Tiago. Hello, welcome to another episode of Lessons from a Podcaster. Today I have here with me Marge. Hey Marge, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you today? I'm very good. I hope you're also doing fine. Let's kick uh, things with, um, with the pitch. So you have 30 seconds to introduce your podcast to someone that you just met. How do you introduce it? Well, I introduce myself by starting with I'm Marge and I host a podcast called Bite Me, the show about edibles. And it's an edible or sorry, it's a podcast that's geared to helping cooks make great edibles at home. And I do this by doing solo episodes where I test an infused recipe in my own kitchen and I provide tips and tricks for making that recipe. And also I bring on fantastic guests who are in the cannabis space, edible space that I think people can learn from. That's a very interesting topic and be also a little bit controversial, I guess. It can uh, be. <laughs> when did you start it? I started it about four years ago now. Okay. And yeah. what's the current size of the of the podcast? Number I'm probably downloads? getting, yeah, depending on the episode, anywhere from, to, uh, I average around 200 downloads, wow. sometimes a little more. Two to three hundred, but okay, that's already a lot of people interested in uh, you know cooking edibles, and uh, yes. I'm sure that there's a huge market for this. Uh, do you remember your first episode, like your your first time you published something out to the world, and like do you remember also how you're feeling? Were you nervous? Uh, do you remember those days? I do, and yes, I was nervous because it's <laughs> like very much putting yourself out there, something that I'm not really accustomed to. I still sometimes struggle posting, you know, video stuff on, on uh, like the social media platforms. But I was definitely very nervous about it. And when I started, I only put out an episode maybe once every couple of weeks. It wasn't a very regular timeline, mm -hmm. but then I got the first email from a listener who was just like, I love your show. And then it wasn't long after that, that I started doing weekly episodes. How did you feel when you got that first email? Uh, I was thrilled, obviously, because I'm <laughs> like, somebody's actually listening to this and I'm not just talking into a microphone, into the ether. So it was really exciting. Mm -hmm. And now you have, you know, hundreds of downloads and are you already able to monetize your episodes, your podcast? I have monetized it a little bit. Um, as we were saying before the show started, I don't, it's still not super consistent yet, but mm -hmm. I am working on that. I think it's already amazing. You know, a lot of, or most of podcasters are not able to monetize it. So how do you actually make money with your podcast? For the most part, I would say it's affiliate marketing. And I choose okay. things that are highly relevant to the show. There's a lot of products and services that I use to make edibles myself that I've been using even before I started the show because building that trust is really important. I don't really do, you know, random affiliate marketing. There's no mm. mattress affiliates on my website or anything like that. They're <laughs> all pretty sweet. much related yeah. to uh, making edibles and cannabis. How do you introduce the affiliate link in your episodes? Is it like in the beginning, in the end, like it comes naturally? 
How do you it do comes that? pretty naturally just because I'm using a lot of the things that I'm talking about, like infusion devices and, and potency testers and things like that. So if I mention them in the episode, I will put them in the show notes often because I mm. do show notes for every single episode that I, that I, I've ever recorded. And then I also have like a link tree that links to a lot of them and I'm also on my website. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know, my impression with affiliate is that you always need a lot of clicks to actually mm -hmm. convert and, and and make, you know, a living because normally the percentage is not great. Uh, how how do you, first of, all, first of all, like, how do you find this affiliates? Is like a website or do you like message the companies? How do you do that? A lot of them, if you go to a website, if you scroll to the very bottom where they have a little bunch of stuff at the bottom, like, like site maps and stuff like that, they'll often have a link for an affiliate program if they have one. Okay. And that's where I found a bunch of them because I went to ones where I was already using the products. Like the, mm. one of the first ones I think I partnered with was T-Check. It's a potency tester and that allows you to test the potency of the infusions that you're making. And I was using it already. I had bought one right. uh, out of my own pocket. Um, and so I contacted them and that one's been one of my most successful ones because a lot of people who are making their own edibles at mm. home are interested in knowing how potent they are, especially when they want to gift them to other people or I guess eat them for themselves as well. Yeah, but, true. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's also a very niche kind of content, right? Yes. Uh, do you find that being this niche helps you? It does because it's super specific. So the people who are listening are obviously other edibles enthusiasts like myself. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there's drawbacks because I'm small. And, you know, there's lots of other huge cannabis podcasts out there that might cover okay. a little bit with edibles, but they're not usually focused on that subject. Mm. But once you get a listener, they're usually pretty interested in what you have to say. Okay. And now um, I guess a more provocative question, which is, do you find, like, do you have, did you ever have an, like an idea for an episode after, you know, eating an edible? All the time. <laughs> I eat edibles like Only. <laughs> pretty regularly. Okay. Um, yeah, it's something I like to do in the evenings to sort of wind down and relax. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, like a lot of people of my vintage suffer from some lower back pain. So it helps mm -hmm. with that too. But I definitely get inspired often. And I have to remember to write them down though, because otherwise ah. I forget. <laughs> so, yeah. What was the craziest idea you ever had while eating it or after eating an edible oh, for a podcast? Craziest idea. Sometimes it's just even trying to reach out to guests because getting guests okay. on my show, because I am pretty small and it's not like people's, you know, when I message somebody that's mm -hmm. a bigger name is like, oh, bite me the show about edibles, especially in the early days. They had no idea who I was. Right. So, you know, getting the inspiration or the courage to reach out to people that I want on my show uh, definitely helps with a little cannabis fueled <laughs> typing. <Amazing. laughs> yeah. What, what, what kind of message do you like, which message works best to get people in your show? Uh, that, honestly, I have found that just reaching out to people, especially if you're familiar with the content or the work that they're doing in the world goes a long way. And I usually, I'm just pretty direct. I'll introduce myself and just ask them if they'd like to be a guest on my show. And it's surprising mm. the number of people that are willing to to lend you their time yeah. to come on your show. Because again, I'm still pretty small, very niche. When you think about how many podcasts there are in say Apple podcasts, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm definitely not on the front page, but the reception from the cannabis community has been pretty amazing. 
Yeah, totally. It's also my experience with my own podcast, which is I'm always so surprised that people actually want to be featured. Most of them, they don't even ask how big the podcast is. They just right. want to... You know, they just want to show up and, and share their message. So right. support uh, other podcasters too. Yeah, exactly. That's yes. exactly right. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit towards something a little bit more nerdy, which is the tech stack or the stack of right. your uh, of your recording process. So, yeah. like, tell me, how do you go from idea to publish? Like, which recording setting do you use? Like, the software you use? And right. Everything. So basically, I usually sit down and. In the early days, I'll do, take a chunk of time and come up with some ideas a lot of the times so that I'm not scrambling for something the next week. And I try to do that in a three-month time frame, come mm -hmm. up with ideas. Oftentimes, it'll change on the fly, but I do try and have an idea of what I'm going to be doing for the next three months. I write, oftentimes, that also includes coming up with questions for guests because I'd like them to feel prepared and okay. also creating the recipe that I'll be talking about in the kitchen. So that always has to come first as well. Okay. Um, Do you so record video as well? Showing sometimes the... it depends. I, that's definitely not my strong suit. There's a reason I chose podcasting as an audio medium. Mm -hmm. Totally <laughs> so, understand that. <laughs> yeah, there, that's still a skill I need to develop, but I will from there write show notes. I'd like to have sort of show notes prepared. I don't read them verbatim. I'd like to, you know, have it be a little more organic, but I like to be prepared so I know what I'm going to be saying. Mm -hmm. And I record with Hindenburg Pro. It's an audio-based okay. software specifically mm -hmm. for podcasters. And I really like that software because, again, it's specifically for podcasters, but it allows right. me to publish directly to my podcast host. I can download the audio, and it's also really simple because I started out with Audacity. I don't know if you're familiar with that, yeah. but it's, it's I think great. a lot of podcasters are familiar yeah. with that, especially <laughs> it's because free. it's free. <laughs> yes, it's free. And that's how I started. Um, but I found it a lot more complicated as far as mm. the software, because it's more designed for music than it is for yeah. podcasting. So Hindenburg was really, was really great as mm. far as the simplicity of the tool. There wasn't a huge yeah. learning curve and I don't remember, but the investment was minimal as well. Right. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people, uh, or it's not the first time that I hear about, or we hear about Hindenburg in this in this podcast. Uh, then after recording, how do you like? How, what software do you, do you publish? What's your uh, host provider to publish your podcast? I use Buzzsprout. That's okay. uh, it was recommended to me right at the outset. I started with them, and I've been extremely happy with them. And I would say their their customer service is just above and beyond anything I've ever experienced with any customer service anywhere, everywhere, anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think customer service is always really important, right? To have someone yes. immediately there uh, helping us out. Um, how do you use PodSqueeze in your flow? Well, essentially PodSqueeze is where I generate my transcripts, my timestamps. So once I'm through the editing process, I'll upload the audio to PodSqueeze and then I also use it to do show notes, uh, social media posts, like all kinds of things like that. It's so useful because again, the transcripts was something I knew I should have been doing, but I, I wasn't. And PodSqueeze made it really mm. easy because I've tried some things like Otter AI and like different stuff like that. But I just mm. found PodSqueeze because there's also so much other content that's generated has been very useful as far as my, my flow goes. How do you use the transcripts in your, uh, in your podcasting? Well, Buzzsprout 
I don't put them in Buzzsprout, but I have a website. So every time okay. I generate a podcast episode, I develop a web page for that particular episode. And I always put transcripts in there now and timestamps as well okay. as my, you know, the links and the right. show notes. Yeah. Do you, how do you create this as a website? I've had that for a while. It was, it's a WordPress website. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, WordPress is extremely versatile, but also it can be a little intimidating, but <laughs> yeah, to yeah. get started, but it's, I guess the yes. most common technology to, yes. to build websites. It yeah. makes a little sense. Um, now let's, you know, leave again, the, the more, uh, nerdy stuff and, and go back to the juicy, which yeah. is, um, I'm interested in knowing, and you probably have really cool stories, but what was like the most memorable moments or lessons you had, you ever had with, uh, with your podcast? The most memorable moments, I would say most of those have to do with having guests on my show because a lot of the Mm. times I'm, I'm recording solo episodes and you know, that's fun. I enjoy doing that still, but having someone else on your show to talk to is always amazing. And I've just Mm. been blown away sometimes by the generosity of the people that come on my show and spend their time with me. So those would be a lot of the the most Mm. memorable moments. Were you ever... Uh, hi during an interview is this something you do it's not something I commonly <laughs> do <laughs> I have to admit mainly because I get caught in mouth and mm. I'm just not as sharp and a lot of the times I have like prepared questions and I right. have to deal with technology which sometimes has challenges because I've had things you know sometimes when the technology doesn't work the way it should mm-hmm. so I feel like I need to be kind of sharp and for those mm. moments i prefer not to be high <laughs> yeah makes makes little yeah. sense uh, if i'm cooking that's different if i'm in the kitchen <laughs> preparing something that might be different but yeah and and what was like the most interesting lesson you have ever had in in a conversation like something that you'd be like wow that changes everything it's always a hard it's, oh. i know it's a hard question it doesn't need to be you know the best lesson like some interesting thing you've learned and you'd be like okay right. that, that changes everything like like in relation to cannabis edibles? Yeah. Is probably, no, or, or anything really, or right. anything. But. I mean, what comes to mind in some respects with the cannabis edibles is just how varied they can be. And now that I've done this for four years, you can infuse almost anything. Like people think of edibles and they think like the traditional pop brownie or cookie, but mm. you can literally infuse almost anything. And I've had world-class chefs on my show to talk about their infusion processes and what they're creating in the kitchen. And it's just mind-blowing, like the kind of stuff that you can do. And you can keep it super simple by buying like a box, like a cake mix from the store and mm-hmm. infusing that. Or you can have, you know, really complicated dishes that you can infuse as well. So you can do in other dishes besides, you know, just cookies. You can do like in oh, yeah. normal salty dishes, like main dishes. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's half the thing. Like people come to my show because they're looking for ideas and then suddenly they see like all the things you can do and and mm. that's a lot of fun. But why would someone want <laughs> <laughs> to have like a bolognese right. infused with cannabis? I think because for me, and this is why I started doing the podcast, is I found over time that I really liked the high that I got from edibles more so mm-hmm. than than smoking it. Mm-hmm. And it also lasts longer. So a lot of people who are looking for pain management or anything like that, it just lasts for hours instead of just okay. smoking it. And then it dissipates pretty quickly. So I think that's, for me, why 
I go that direction. Okay. It's yeah. funny because for me, it's the opposite. I right. think, you know, smoking, so it's, it's faster. It's immediate. It's yeah. immediate. Where, whereas like, I'm always so nervous because when you, well, I don't have that much experience, but when you eat it, it just takes so long. You never know. <laughs> yeah. It can take up to an hour, sometimes longer, yeah. which is where people get themselves into trouble because you hear, you know, those old, those memes and stuff, these edibles ain't shit because somebody ate yeah. one, but then they eat another because they're like, I'm not feeling anything. And then they realize too late, they've made a horrible yeah. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, that totally. happens a lot. And people mm -hmm. feel pretty strongly one way or the other. I know lots of people who are like, I never do edibles mm -hmm. because they're, it's a very different kind of high and it's processed in the body very differently. So okay. you either love them or hate them a lot of the times. Do you, do you ever... I got any, you know, hate mail or feedback or something that people were like, yeah, you shouldn't be speaking about this. You know, drugs are bad. Or... Honestly, never. Which okay. sometimes I'm like, maybe that day will come. Maybe I'm not big mm -hmm. enough yet to be on the radar of the trolls. But <laughs> to date, yeah. it's been really positive feedback that I've gotten. Do you recall what was the most, the most, you know, positive, interesting, uh, overwhelming feedback you ever got, something that really, you know, kicked you out of your chair and you're like, wow, that's amazing. I'm doing something amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've had lots of listeners read out, reach out to me over the years. I have a few that, you know, have sent me gifts in the mail and I've sent, we've sent back and forth like wow. thank you cards and Christmas cards and, and that kind of thing. So that stuff always makes me feel so great because it just makes you understand that people are listening and they're enjoying what you're doing mm -hmm. and you're making an impact in their lives. Yeah, totally. Gifting the mail. That's, that's, it's really amazing. Yeah. That's the next <laughs> level. Yeah. Um, how, what, what are your goals for, for the podcast? Like where do you see your podcast in a year? Well, my goal is of course, probably like most podcasters is to increase downloads because that will also help probably increase, you know, website traffic. Although that's sort of a very separate thing oftentimes. So I'd like to increase downloads and, and listenership so that I can mm. reach more people. And of course, that aforementioned video stuff is something I'm working on as well to sort of right. get better at incorporating that mm. recording video and using that in the appropriate places too. But I and still find that really intimidating. <laughs> yeah, totally. But then you can use PodSquiz to create video clips. Yes, <laughs> which is, yes, exactly. That's so helpful. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so you want to grow it. My question is, like, as you said, like everyone wants to grow their podcast. What is your strategy? Like what, what have you found that is like the ultimate strategy to grow a podcast? Something that has worked really well for you. The ultimate strategy. I mean, this is going to sound pretty basic, but a lot of it's the consistency. And mm. you've probably heard that before. And I, before I started the show, I've heard that lots of times from, you know, content creators out there. I'd be like, you have to be consistent. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But <laughs> once I started publishing episodes every week at the same time, it not only forced me to be consistent in the work that I was doing, your listeners also begin to expect those episodes. And mm. so if they don't come out, they're kind of like, where are you and what's going on? And that mm. sort of thing. So it just forces you to keep on schedule and keep on task and keep showing up every week. Cause sometimes it gets busy. You're tired. You don't want to do it. You know, mm. all those kinds of things. But I know I have people up there who are listening and right. that's probably one of the biggest things. Yeah. So being consistent, consistent means always releasing at the same day, at around the same time. 
Yep. Is that right? And I release it every Thursday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And in four years, I've missed that. I've missed that once. So, wow. In yeah. four years, every every week you do this. Yeah. And Even you don't take Christmas. No. Yeah. How do you well, manage I mean, it? How do you manage holiday? Yeah. Basically, I just pre-record. So I'll mm -hmm. have episodes prepared ahead of time and then I can upload them. And then I have less to think about. It mm -hmm. doesn't always work. It just depends on <laughs> what yeah. else is going on. But yeah. Mm. Yep. And does consistency help growing the, the podcast or just to keep your audience? Because I feel like, yeah, to keep an audience, it's important to be consistent. But to grow, is there anything else that you, as like a closing note that you like suggest to someone that is also starting out their, their podcast, their, their journey? Uh, Honestly, I think it's still the consistency because I am, okay. because I'm publishing so consistently, people are also, I have my catalogs growing as well mm -hmm. of back episodes and people oftentimes will message me and say, oh, I just found your podcast. I'm going through okay. old episodes. So that does really help. And you just have more content out there for people to uh, discover and enjoy. And it's a lot more about that, I think, than any of the fancy equipment or, you know, mics or that kind of stuff. Okay. I think that's a great closing note. Be consistent. Show, showing up every week or every, you know, every two weeks or whatever uh, is your re release cycle. Uh, March, thank you so much. Uh, where can we find you? Just tell us, like, again, the name of your podcast and uh, your socials, your website, everything. Yeah. So the show is Bite Me, the show about edibles. You can find me on the socials at Bite Me Podcast. I'm most active on Instagram. And I also have a website, bitemepodcast.com. Perfect. All the links will be in the show notes of this episode. Thank you very much, March, for uh, sharing your knowledge with us. Yeah, thank you for having me today. This podcast is brought to you by PodSqueeze, an essential tool for podcasters that creates show notes, timestamps, clips, and more. Visit podsqueeze.com and use the code PODCASTER for 20% discount in the first three months. We release a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday. See you in the next episode of Lessons from a Podcaster.